Podcasting from their dining room table in California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. There it is. What? Huh? A shoe shine. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) That's old Frank Zappa. I like him. Okay, so he is from the Mamas and the Papas. No. Just kidding. (laughs) I know where he's from. Oh, that's not, but you know what? You know where his band was the Mothers of Invention. So you're not far off. Maybe that's what you were thinking. No, that's not I had no idea about that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna. You know, put on the front. Yeah, that's all right. So the kids, I make up my own. Hi, Boo. What's going on, Boo? Oh my gosh, Boo. How, how are you? I'm wondrous. Yeah, wondrous. I, yeah. That's intense. That's my word of the day. Uh huh. I get that every day. Yesterday's was catastrophe, which isn't a big word, but I appreciated it. Yeah, catastrophe. Well, it's a big word if you make it a big word, but it doesn't have to be a big word. Good job, Boo. That was in... Boy. <laughs> What's going on, Boo? What's going on? I'm all hopped up on Starbucks. Oh, I know. You're a real basic B. You're big. just like me. Basic B. I mean, how does it feel? Feels welcome good. to the Welcome to the limelight. I don't know what that means. Uh-huh, sure. Sure. Charlie's here. The, the whole, whole game. The whole crew's here. Well, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot now. Mm-hmm. And the boys are tired. Yeah. And they have things to do. And Charlie really wants to sit next to you. <laughs> You're good, buddy. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, we got a high-maintenance pup. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah, beautiful day here in Southern California. Oh, my gosh. We got our coffee. We got our crew. We're, we're, we're getting off of sugar together mm-hmm. for the next month. Mm-hmm. Dear God. It's been a rough couple days. Yeah, I was, uh, full disclosure, I was all set uh, <laughs> to start a 10-day juice fast. Yes, you I, were. I was going to really lean into the 10-day juice <laughs> fast, and I've been prepping for it all weekend. I went and got all the all the produce, you know, a lot of kale, celery, carrots, a few apples, and uh, you helped me make a, a big batch yesterday for lunch, and I had one and a half glasses and uh, I was hungrier than when I started. Yeah, and that I abandoned was a weird... it within the hour. Yeah, within, within an hour, I abandoned my whole plans. I get it. <laughs> and I went up and got some poke. Well, so, so now I'm I'm pivoting. Right. I'm going to do. Uh, I think for about a month, I'm going to try to do uh, pescatarian. I and, like it. And juice. I think so that's the way to go. Fish and and fresh juice. I think we we just got to get into fish, baby. Yeah. We're in California. Isn't there fish everywhere? We're yeah. just going to go. Yeah. We're going to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Why then, not? I don't know. No, I, <laughs> I don't think we're equipped right now to go out and uh, acquire our own fish. Sure. Although teach a man to fish, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but no, just trying to incorporate more seafood into our diet. That's, I love that's it. not fried seafood. 
Yeah. So. We did that the other day over at uh, C&T's. Ooh. Connie and Ted's. Guys, I have a favorite restaurant. It is, of course, walking distance. It is amazing. So good. Connie and Ted's. Oh, Just we did a, some oysters. We oh ate some oysters like champions. We always we go there probably once a month, once mm-hmm. every other month, and uh, we always get the oysters as an appetizer, and then we'll, you'll usually get like Manhattan clam chowder. I might get uh, the catch of the day or whatever. But the, not the time the other day, but the previous time when we were leaving, I suggested, hey, next time, let's just go all oysters. Yeah. No no distractions. Nope. No apps. Nope. No entrees. Nope. Just bring on the oysters. And we did, uh, what would we do, two and a half dozen? Yeah. I, yep. was, I was full after about, I'd say 10. Mm-hmm. I'd say I could take down a dozen by myself for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Easy. But yeah, we, I, I didn't want, I was getting full. Mm-hmm. My stomach's been weird. Yeah. So listen, I was proud of you. I think if I went by myself, uh, if I went by myself and I wasn't distracted by you, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, why, it's I, okay. I don't know why I have to be alone. I meant <laughs> just, just accounting for what I can take down. I, I know I could easily do three dozen, maybe four. I so. like that. Yes. We always get like the chef's choice where they give you a variety and then they give you the little little menu card that explains Ooh. which one's which. And, and it's fun. It's an activity. Mm-hmm. They say start from the lemon and then go clockwise. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it is a joy. Yeah, it's a good time. But uh, yeah, so trying to get into the seafood this summer. Um, yeah, you know, we've talked about this for, for years. You know, my health and fitness is like a yo-yo. It's up and down and up and down and. I'm in an up phase right now, so I got to get it down. Okay, that's <laughs> just fine. Partying too hard. I have been having so much sugar. I don't know what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. Like I have a sweet tooth that's just ravenous at yeah. night. At yeah. night, yeah, everybody get down. You're like a grim, a gremlin. Like you feed you after midnight, you just turn into a little monster. Yeah, what's I going do. on, Harv? Harv's Man, just. <laughs> I just squirted Harv with the. With not, uh, you know, with a squirt bottle. It's water. Nothing. It's not poison. It's not acid. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not BB gun. But, um, yeah. Yeah, just trying to, to do more seafood. Oh, yeah, your sugar, your sweet tooth is insane. It's, I don't know what's going on. Your sugar tolerance and your THC tolerance is that of a silverback gorilla. It really is. It's crazy how ravenous you get sometimes. Well, I, the other I like day. How, like I I'm s- pinning it on you. <laughs> <laughs> the fat guy's blaming his petite <laughs> wife. Hey, it's your your fault. No, but sugar is so good. Mm-hmm. I know, and I know it's so bad, but it's so good. Yeah. Frozen yogurt, ice cream, milkshakes. I mean, I could keep naming sugary yeah. things <laughs> while we're on diets. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny how that's like your uh, yeah. weak spot, culinarily speaking or dietarily speaking. Um, where I, I, of course, love sugar. I mean, you know, who doesn't? But it's not uh, It's not what I sit around and jones for yeah. the way you do. I sit around jones for, I'm a savory boy. You're a savory dude. So I, you know, I find myself sitting around just thinking about, you know, fried chicken or mm. beef brisket. Or well, ribs. we did go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. We had some Roscoe chicken and waffles yeah, the other day. Yeah, we got day. some Roscoe's chicken and waffles. <laughs> it was like, well, we're going to start this, so mm-hmm. we might as well just... Live it up. Yeah, yeah, might as well. But, uh, yeah, just trying to uh, steer this ship into a healthier port. Yeah. But, uh, and you've been doing some cooking. You made, uh, you did your semi-annual 
meal the other night. You cooked some uh, homemade pesto. I did some homemade pesto. Mm -hmm. Guys, let me tell you. I Okay, so we have a neighbor named Mark, Mm -hmm. and he is a plant enthusiast. Yeah, he's a big plant guy. Yeah, he's in his 60s and tends to the plants. He has plants outside. He's a, you know, he has certain light in his apartment for certain plants. And I got inspired. So I was like, okay. So you, the other day, made spaghetti, which was chef's kiss amazing. And I thought, okay, you're going to get basil. Mm -hmm. And you brought home a plant. Yeah. The basil plant. The live basil plant. Only because that's the only form of basil they had at the store. But it's like four bucks to give you a little plant, you know? Yeah. And usually I just pick off all the leaves and then toss the plant. But you decided to kind of (laughs) nurture this thing. Yeah. I thought, okay. These plants are what, like three, four dollars mm-hmm. at the store. And I'm thinking, okay, listen, plant, I do the same thing. I'll just take it off and throw it away. Mm-hmm. So this time I read the instructions Uh-oh. for the friggin' plant. Watch out. Yeah. I did that scanner thing. Mm-hmm. I took the picture of the scanny thingy and then it, uh, I went to, uh, yeah, sorry. I took a picture of the scanny thing. I went to the website and it said, you have to have, the basil plant has to have one inch of water. Like it has to sit in it. And it has to have some, quote, exposed light. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, I don't know what that means. I didn't even want to look it up. I was annoyed. Exposed light. It said like limited, expo- something. <laughs> limited light exposure? <laughs> yes, okay. yes, yes. So That just means not, don't sit it in direct sunlight all day. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of work. Yeah, you so. seem to be very uh, frustrated with all well, the instructions. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. It's, you know what, those friggin' basil plants that are like a dollar, mm-hmm. it's so fr- stressful. They suck up water. Mm-hmm. So I would check on the inch of water it had mm-hmm. to be in, like about four times a day. More than I check on Charlie or Truman or Harvey, our animals. Like, I was obsessed. Yeah, I think you're overthinking it. I think you're treating it like it's a patient that you're trying <laughs> to keep alive, like a human. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a little plant. So then it was getting green, though. Should... And it was it was, it was was doing good. Mm-hmm. It made me a little excited. Yeah. And you said, oh, I said, well, isn't there so many things we can make with basil? <laughs> And you were like, no, there's, I mean, I can make spaghetti sauce. Yeah, I use it for my marinara sauce. I mean, you know, you could make a caprese salad with it. Sure. Or you could make pesto. Those are really the only three. I'm sure there's several, but those are the only three things that come to mind when I think about basil. Well, I thought, hey, for once I'm going to cook, and I'm going to cook us something fun. So I looked up a pesto recipe because I love pesto. Mm Mm-hmm. I went and got the pine nuts and the lemon, and I was with you at the store. Got some good olive oil. Oh, good Lord. And I, I mixed it all up. I took, and then it, it bared the tree. Mm-hmm. All the basil leaves are off, right? Yeah. I've worked so hard yeah. on this basil. Uh-huh. Like I, it was a week, but for, in my head, that's like eight years. And honestly, it just was barren and sad. Yeah. And well, then it wasn't. All the basil. Yeah. And it wasn't coming back up. Well, not immediately. <laughs> it, it takes time. I know, but it looked so depressed and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this sucks. Would you toss away. it? Okay. <laughs> Well, hey, you got what you needed out of it. <laughs> I did. And I made some creamy pesto. Mm-hmm. I Oh, it was a delight. Yeah, we kind of had uh, spaghetti and pesto with Italian steak. Ooh. I don't know lot, what that noise was, but A lot it was of fine. garlic, a lot of oregano, <laughs> olive oil. Yeah. Mm, I'm good a fan. stuff. I sliced it real thin. You did? Little thin slices. And you it lay was that so atop delicious. The, the you use the big bowls that we have that look fancy yeah. but aren't. Yeah. Oh, 
Love it. Yeah, it's good. Loving it. Now, Boo, I do appreciate uh, you taking the initiative. Sure. To cook. Oh, thank you. You know, because I, I know that those uh, desires yeah. are few and far between for yeah. you in terms of uh, the days where you wake up saying, hey, I'm going to cook something. Um, but kind of sure. connected to a, an ongoing narrative that we have in our family. <laughs> You know, as, as much as I love you, you're you're my moon and Uh-oh. my sun. Mm. And my, that's it. Let's move and on to the next topic. <laughs> but, um, well, because, it's because I love you so much mm. that I do stress about this particular topic, and that is of your own personal safety. Oh, no. You're, you're kind, you know, it's 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 no secret. I head that you're, on a swivel, dude. I have a, yeah, no, I, no, I've been I, doing better No, outside. you've been doing good with, like, your personal safety outside the home. Oh. <laughs> and that I appreciate. You know, sure. you're driving. When you're out on foot, I mean, L.A. is a big, dangerous city. I've got, by the way, I, I got you a new weapon yeah, the other day. Yeah, that was a sweet gift. Yeah, I made you a little sling out of a hex nut and I some paracord. I thought you got me, like, flowers or, like, a fun lighter. Yeah, but, no. I made you a really cool homemade weapon. It's pretty cool. Anyway, okay. uh, you're doing great with the uh, personal safety as it pertains to you being out in public. Um, but I also need you kind of maintain a high level of safety, um, I guess, against yourself. Okay. Walk me through it, well, and I'm open to, you know, suggestions. The other day, I walked in on you slicing a peach. It was a hard peach. With a very sharp knife. Not that sharp. While seated, <laughs> and while using your own thigh as a cutting board. You had braced the peach against your own thigh. Okay. And started sawing on that peach. Okay. With nothing... Underneath the peach, but your own thigh flesh. Okay. I was wearing pants. That's troublesome. Well, jeans are a thick fabric. I don't sure. know if you know. Mm-hmm. Jeans are thick. Yeah. Knives are very sharp. They can penetrate denim. Yeah. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Can I explain? Please do. I don't like washing dishes. Usually, I'll cut the thing on a dish, right? Because that was our... Even that's no good. <laughs> Not a dish. We have about 13 different cutting boards of all shapes and sizes that you could choose from. Okay. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I like to go. I like a fast, mm-hmm. let's do this. You do know you what like I mean? you like to go to the emergency room? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. I haven't stabbed myself yet. So, this is great. Knock on wood. Okay. Knocking on wood. Okay. Okay, boo, but here's what I'm talking about. So I walk in the other day. You're literally using your own thigh <laughs> as a cutting board. And then last night, we're watching Succession. And as we oh. do sometimes, yes, uh, we haven't done it a lot lately. We usually do this more with scary movies. But you suggested we turn off all the lights. I love that. And I That's do like fun. that. I do yeah. like that. But it was pitch black in here, except for the light coming from the television. And um, you, you got out another sharp knife and another hard peach. And instead of using... Your thigh is a cutting board. Yeah, you which s- is growth. You you just using it, you know, just cutting it old man style while holding the peach in your left hand and using the knife in your right hand, which um, the only problem there was it was pitch black, and okay. that made me nervous. And then you even kind of got annoyed that I even brought that up, like, leave me alone, I know what I'm doing. But, boo, you, you just can't sit around and cut fruit in the dark. But I've been doing this since I was a little girl. Like, I think this is muscle memory. Okay. So I'm almost an expert, but I do understand. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I like to cut it, and if it's hard enough, I rip it open. Yeah, I've seen you do that move, like a chimpanzee. Yeah, and that is fine, because then I can cut it. But sometimes it'll just be a little less, it won't be 
at the perfect hard. So I have to, you know, and I get I could do that in the kitchen and then have the pieces, but half the fun Mm -hmm. is cutting it and doing a little activity. It's like I'm doing arts and crafts, but then I'm getting food. Okay, my point is this, Lou. (laughs) I know you've worked in restaurants. I don't know if you've worked in a lot of kitchens, have you? No. Okay, I've worked in a lot of kitchens. In front of house, okay. (laughs) In almost every restaurant kitchen I worked in, at some point, somebody has had a horrible, gruesome knife accident. Okay. I saw a friend of mine literally cut the tip of his finger off one oh, time. Oh, God. I've seen all kind of gnarly shit in kitchens. And just, you know, the combination of you being naturally clumsy. Sure. Combined with, you know, lack of safety procedures. Sure. You know, using your own body as a cutting board. Utilizing sharp knives in pitch black, dark rooms. Well, it's not pitch black because we had uh-huh. the, the TV was on. Yeah. And, and and by the way, in this season, they're in Spain or something, so it's very bright. It was very bright, yeah. It wasn't a dark, uh-huh. ominous. Okay. Well, ominous. You got me there. Ominous. Um, but could, could I, maybe I make a proposition? Okay, like, sure. Let's it, negotiate. Like part like of my this. husbandly duties. Okay. 24-7, anytime you crave chopped, sliced fruit, I'm your guy. Wake me up. Mm, wake me up out of a cold timer. sleep. <laughs> I, I'll do it for you every time, and I'll never complain. That was perfect timing. Thank I, I you, I would timer. love to just cut all the fruit for you, just so my wife doesn't cut her finger off. Okay, but, mm-hmm. okay. Well, we'll have to talk about okay, the okay. process, and I agree with you, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Put a pin in that. For your input. Uh, real quick before we I, go on to our uh, topic today, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I want to pat myself on the back. And uh, I, I, the universe gave me an opportunity yesterday to redeem myself. We talked last last week about the um, flat tire debacle. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I'll admit, you know, I botched that, a couple yeah. of different mistakes. And I feel like that really hurt you mm-hmm. internally, and I yeah. don't know why, but I'm... Uh, you know, I'm a, a little... I'm a prideful man. Yeah, I get you it. Know? And I do know how to change a tire. Like I said, I've probably done it 50 or 100 times in my life, but I screwed that one up last week. Okay. Yesterday, I'm in Griffith Park going on my walk. And um, Griffith Park is a huge park in Los Angeles. So pretty. And part of it kind of... Uh, uh, goes right beside Interstate 5. So there's a part, Big freeway. little trail that I'm walking, and then literally 20 <laughs> feet to my right is I-5. Mm-hmm. And there's the off-ramp to Los Feliz Boulevard. So I'm walking, and I notice uh, a car on the side of the off-ramp with their emergency flashers on. I'm getting closer and closer. And I could see, you know, the, a lot of times there's certain parts of the trail, there's a, a lot of trees that separate the uh, the freeway from the park. This little stretch, there's nothing separating it but a chain link fence. So I walk up on this car, and it's uh, a young lady, probably late 20s, early 30s, a uh, nice Asian lady uh, with her back door open. I could see a baby, <gasps> a little baby in there. Oh, boy. And just this young, petite Asian lady, and uh, she's down trying to mess with the tire. And I just I said, hey, you know, are you okay? And she kind of looked at me like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, right. not to assume just because she's a woman or whatever, but you could kind of tell by looking at her eyes that she wanted no part of this tire. She was perplexed by the whole procedure. So I offered up my services. The only problem there was uh, the chain link fence. And I said, well, let me figure out a way to go around it. But then a few feet up, it was one of those deals where the chain link fence Maybe a tree had fallen on it or just over time, and then it had kind of flattened it out. Oh, okay. So, like, let's say if it's a five-foot fence, you know, the half of it, two and a half, three feet 
from the at the bottom was normal, but then the top half had kind of bent over to where now it's like a forty five degree angle. Okay. So I had to I had, it, basically imagine me trying to just get up on our kitchen counters with no assistance from a chair or ladder. Oh boy! Like okay. I can't. It's too high for <laughs> yeah. me to just put my leg up there and pull myself up. So I did kind of I, I hoisted myself up on the flat part of the fence. And they did like a log roll. Okay. On, to get over the fence. Oh, boo. so she's watching this, like, oh god. And um, so anyway, uh, within ten minutes, had her up and running. No yeah. way. The first thing I said to her, I was like, "We need to put on the emergency brake." Yeah. So that was step one. Step one. And we, then I got the lug nuts off, and then I jacked, then I got the spare tire out, and I jacked up. Boom, boom, boom. Ten minutes, and, and she forced. I, you know. And I get it too, like, um, you know, if you don't know me, you just see me staggering in your direction, <laughs> you might be a little leery, like, uh-oh, what's this fucking guy up to? So I had to really put on my friendly yeah. face, yeah, you know, and let her know, hey, this is legit, I'm just here to help, blah, blah, blah. And uh, well, by the time we were done, she forced $30 upon me. I tried so hard not to take it. She did that thing where, like, she shook my hand and it was in there, you know, kind of mafia style. Sure. And then once I figured out what she was doing, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, please, please. And she was just so appreciative and so sweet. And I was like, all right, sure. But uh, yeah. Wow. I redeemed myself in the world of uh, changing flat tires. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Also, while we were doing it. Okay, this is where it feels a little fake. No, I promise. (laughs) All of this is true. You thought I was was bullshitting all of this when I told you yesterday. What are the odds? Oh, I found a lady with a baby and I get to redo a tire. A coyote walked up on us. (laughs) And I got to scream at the coyote and made him run off or her. Wow. Yeah, there's a coyote just kind of wandered up, like maybe seriously a little further from where we're sitting, maybe 20 feet from us. And I was just like, what the fuck is this guy? And I just, rock it out! And it just scurried off. But, like, oh. I was a hero two times over. I know. Not only did I change this lady's tire, I scared off a coyote. Yeah, you literally saved a coyote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. You saved a baby from a coyote eating it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. And you know what, boo? I'm sorry. Maybe a dingo ate your baby. Dingo ate your baby. Oh, boy. You said, I'm was... sorry about what? You know, I... Oh, look at you. Yeah. You're like, did you say oh, sorry? She's going to apologize. Everybody shut up. She's apologizing. <laughs> oh, I need to work on myself. Uh, it's not fake. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry I thought it was fake. It mm-hmm. did sound mm-hmm. like a fable. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I believe you. Yeah. Because why would you lie? Yeah. Why? No. What's yeah. the point? No, I'm not a liar. Lying isn't I'm a fun. truth teller. You don't want to lie. Yeah. But yeah, it all worked out. It did. Yeah. It Good did. Samaritan. Oh, boo. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Listen. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? I am uh, going to go into our topic right now. Okay. If that's cool hey, with you. Hey, you're driving the ship. <laughs> Here we go. Um, body language, IQs, all this stuff, signs are signs of a hidden meaning. Okay? So what I love about all of this stuff is that I basically was realizing, I found this article about body language signs, Mm -hmm. and I was obsessed. And I knew all of the signs. I am not an old cop. Mm -hmm. Not that you're old. Mm -hmm. or I am old. But no, I mean, I'm not. Former cop. I was never trained uh, in a job to do this. Mm -hmm. But 
my dad basically taught me mm-hmm. all the tells. Okay. Because growing up, I really had to study my family. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, who's mad? Who's not? Right? So I have, I, I wanted to go over certain body gestures and I'm going to ask you okay. if you know what it means. Sure. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So tilting your body. Now, if you're just like, like this, like, Tilting, you have your head on your knuckle like you're at a desk. What do you think that means? If they tilt, I'm sorry, the person tilts away from you. Away from you. They're away from you. There's a chance. Bad breath? Nope. No? Okay. They are not interested. Not interested, yeah. Not interested Mm -hmm. in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If they're leaning away, not interested. Or like you're saying, if so, like if they're propping their... Their head up by their fist, right. their elbows on the table, you know well, those kind of things. I always, I can always tell that to me just sounds like, well, yeah, like you said, yeah. not interested. But I've had people do that to me. I'm like, is am I boring you? you Have know? you really? Oh yeah, yeah. What people, do they say? Oh no, no. I'm like, well, because you look like you're bored as shit. So like, we can change the topic, but well, yeah, that's just what that kind of like it's exhausting for me to sit here and yeah. listen to you type of thing. Hundred percent. No, it's uh. Listen, the good news is you're right. You got to change the topic, they said, or ask them questions that engage them. Mm-hmm. So if you're with probably a narcissist like myself, uh, you know, it's like, okay, let's put the spotlight back on them mm-hmm. because they're clearly not interested in organizing the closet space that you have. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Eunice. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Next one. Slouching. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. What do you think slouching does? What body language experts say that slouching or shrinking is a sign of what? They're tired? Nope. Well, hmm, I don't know. Low self-esteem. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And or insecurity. Yeah. So it's when the shoulders, a lot of tall people have this Mm -hmm. problem because we want to be shorter. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we'll kind of. Go in like a you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's something my dad always instilled in me was really? stand up straight, good posture, chest out, shoulders it back. It does head make high. you feel better, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Even if you're sitting, mm-hmm. I just did it and I feel more powerful. Yeah. When I'm standing around in public, I try to practice good posture, you know, for no particular reason other than just, you know, hey, I'm not a, not a schmutz. Yeah. You, know? you aren't a schmutz. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are not a schmutz. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if you notice somebody shrinking, my mom used to do this all the time with her shoulders. It would literally almost be, and a lot of ladies in their older years, they they have humps mm-hmm. in their back, you'll As notice. Maria Bamford calls it a Diet Coke hump. Is that a, what's a Diet Coke <laughs> hump? I love that. Ladies that drink too much Diet Coke get a little hump <laughs> on the top of their back. So it says, if you're noticing this with a friend or a coworker, try to offer them some words of encouragement or just ask if it, there's anything you could do to help. But mm-hmm. you have to be very careful with that, especially with ladies, because then, like, if I heard that, like, can I help you? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, F off, I'm fine, mm-hmm. even though my shoulders are on the ground. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, next one. Are you ready? Sure. Weak handshake. What oh, does that mean? Yeah, it just means you're a puss. You think so? Yeah. Nope. It is. Well, this article says that the strength of a person's handshake is how much they respect your character and personality. Okay. Yeah, I, I always try to give a good handshake. Yeah. Now, especially with guys, there's you can go too far 
sometimes I get the guy who's, you know, trying to arm wrestle me. You know, yeah. you don't want, it's not a competition. It's you don't, a weird thing. I've had guys, and you know what, if you watch video of Donald Trump, he does that shit all the time. Like, he'll, <gasps> he tries to bully people with his handshake. Ew. And you don't want to do that. You don't uh-huh. want to bully someone with your handshake. But not you want to give them a nice, firm handshake. But here's what I freaking hate. So many guys have done this to me, where you go to shake hands, right? And then they will, instead of, like, going all the way in, yeah. where you get the full grip like yep. you should... They will grab the tips <gasps> of my fingers. I've had that. And now I'm useless. Now I just feel like a, you know, a, a baby seal yeah. who's about to get clubbed. Like, because I can't get a grip now because you've got all four of my fingers held hostage. And now I, I look like a puss. Yeah. But yeah, I hate that. Like, I don't know if that's intentional. A lot of times it's probably accident, but I'm sure some guys do that on purpose. Like, Ugh. no, you want to try again? I'll give you a damn handshake. It's if you let me. Yeah. But they immediately just get all four fingers in a chokehold. And now I'm just limp-wristed trying to shake their hand like an idiot. Yeah, that's, oh, the limp wrist. Well, it's also, it can be an indication of unreliability or disrespect. Mm-hmm. So it's, if it's somebody, and if it's too strong, like you said, it's confidence. Yeah, I'm, calm down I'm there, doing tough it. guy. So, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. That doesn't really say. Mm-hmm. But what happens if you, ha- like, shake somebody's hand and it's that rude? Like, I've had people just, like, basically dudes just kind of like shake my hand and it's like you're nothing to me Mm -hmm. what do you say in that situation i mean do i say like wow nice handshake i mean if it's really you know terrible you might want to make a joke of it but uh yeah i I try not to even bring it up but it's just like all right i see what you did there bud now how does that go with women Do, do women shake each other's hands okay so no uh there's usually hugs involved right Huggers. Um, I do a hug right now that I'm, I think is a safe one. I'll approach the person and I will be like, I'm a hugger and I'll even do the one arm. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll pivot my body. I'll do a tap, tap, Mm -hmm. and then I'll go away. Yeah. Because what if they're not huggers? Yeah. But girls, yeah, it's a hard thing. I don't know. High five. The fist bump has been nice. <laughs> that when that came into play, you know what I mean. The fist bump. Has it been has. Nice. It's so good. Yeah, that's a good one now. I love it. Okay. But yeah, I try not to hug women unless they initiate it. Very you know? good, boo. I don't want to be the guy good. who's you know just too huggy. But sometimes women look at me funny when I stick out my hand to shake their hand. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I had that happen a few months ago. I went to shake this lady's hand, and she just gave me kind of a weird look. But, you know, from my point of view, it's like, I, I, I don't know you well enough to hug you. So yeah. w- what else are we supposed to do? Yeah. yeah I'm just going to shake your hand just like your regular dude. Well, and there's the chesticles. I have boobs, right? Mm-hmm. Little, but they're mm-hmm. there. And that's always weird, hugging a dude. Your boobs yeah. are going into their yeah. chest. I don't know. I get, ugh. Now, if I do have to hug a woman, I do the um, I do a technique where I make sure my genitals are kind of angled out of the way. <laughs> I literally will, like, sink my hips inward, what? like concave. What? Yeah, like no. at a 45-degree angle. Oh, my gosh. Just so I'm not smashing my, my boys all over her, you I know? Forget. I yeah, forget. I forget you the, dudes have that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very <laughs> Not I don't forget. <laughs> I'm, I mean, that sounds like a humble brag, but I'm very aware of that. I, I never want to, like, creep out a woman w- with a hug. Well, and then there's the long yeah. ones. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I want to die. Exactly. Can you let go now? That's another thing. Uh, This goes into another body language thing. If somebody taps you, like does a tap Uh on the hug, um, they want the fuck out. 
They okay. want to be done. Yeah. Let's like, let's back like we're up. Done. We're good. Like literally tapping out yep. of like a MMA fight. They're giving the light. It's mm-hmm. like flashing red. <laughs> it's like get off the stage. Yeah. Like not interested. Okay. I had a gal uh, one time, an acquaintance, accuse me of giving her a bro hug. What's that? Like I gave her the um one I just put one arm behind the shoulder and like a oh, hug. Right. Yeah. With the one arm going behind the shoulder and tapping on the back kind of thing. Uh-huh. And she she made a big deal about it. I gave her a bro hug. She did, yeah. And Why? I'm just like, you know, I mean, was she just trying to razz you? Like, I don't I lo- know. Am just, I a hundred? I just it said really, razz. It was really annoying, <laughs> but I was just like, I I did that on purpose as to kind of not get too physical with you. Yeah. Because you know we're not in a relationship. I barely right. know you. Yeah. But hey, sure. Hey, you little flues, mm-hmm. keep on walking. Yeah. If you're listening, mm-hmm. I'm on to you. <laughs> Okay, so this is a good one because these have kind of been, you know, not happy. What happens if a person is leaning towards you in conversation? They're interested. They're intrigued. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. They're so excited to hear what you want to do. So Mm -hmm. that's, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Keep them engaged. They're leaning towards you. Mm -hmm. Okay, good job. Raising eyebrows. Mm -hmm. What do you think that means? What's that signal? intrigued or, uh, you know, maybe they're surprised or shocked at what you just said. Good, good. It can be also dissatisfaction ah. or anger. Okay. Yeah, my dad used Raising to raise the his eyebrows. eyebrows. I, I get like furrowing the brow in anger, but how do you raise the eyebrows and be angry? Well, I can't raise because I have Botox on my forehead, so mm-hmm. you can, but let me see. Okay. Um, because see, like if I was angry, I, I do the opposite. You know, the eyebrows go down. We're Okay, we're signaling, we're paying close attention to what's happening a strong emotional response to it, but this can be a sign of dissatisfaction or anger if the person's expression matching the eyebrows is solemn and serious. Mm-hmm. So if they're just studying mm-hmm. and the eyebrows are raised, like isn't that an old phrase? Like, ooh, raising eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not interested. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Uh, it's important <laughs> to pay attention to that. And why? I don't know. Next one. Ready? Are you ready for I this? I think I'm ready. I hope so. Excessive blinking. What do you think that means? Blink, blink, blink. A blink, blink, blink. Well, when you do it, it means <laughs> that uh, you're about to rip someone's head off. <laughs> you, when you get super pissed at me or anyone else, you do this kind of uh, over-exaggerated blinking. Okay, so yeah. that's on purpose. Uh-huh. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I will say it's not excessive blinking. Mm-hmm. I'm not blinking a lot. I'm just doing a blink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then stare, yeah. and then a blink. It's almost like your version of cracking your knuckles. Yeah. You know? Yeah, verbally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, non-verbally. I'm just like, okay. Like, oh, we doing this? Mm. We doing this? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then I have to breathe and not do it. Yeah. Okay, so also, so excessive blinking, what do you think that means? Not slow blinking. Maybe the nervous? Um, if someone is blinking excessively, you know, a lot in a conversation right after they told you something, it could be a sign that they've just told a lie. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 It's called rebound blinking. Mm -hmm. And it's a common indicator of deception. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Uh, Proper eye contact. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm looking at you. Yeah, that's a big one. What do you think that is? I mean, proper eye contact is just... What's a sign of? Respect. Yeah. You know, and... Also confidence, you know, I'm comfortable in this conversation. And I'm feeling engaged with you. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. Like eye contact with people, it's, 
I don't know. You kind of have to have a dance with it, though. Yeah, exactly. I have a joke about this, but you can't just stare a hole in their eyes, you know, because that comes off as a bit aggressive. Right. But at the same time, you got to make some eye contact. I, um, I'm always a good at kind of sniffing out shitheads. Because your average shithead dude who knows he's a shithead and maybe he knows he's got something to hide or maybe he knows he's deceiving, trying to deceive people, your average shithead won't look me in the eye. And that's really? always that's always a tell. I can always tell when a guy just refuses to look me in the eye. Like, all right, I, I get who. You know, and it's probably not foolproof. Why. I'm sure a lot of that might be social anxiety or awkwardness yeah. or whatever. But I've just, I've got numerous examples of guys like, where I find out after the fact that they're they're a shithead, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense because that fucking dude's never once looked me in the eye. Wow, was that a um in your when you were a policeman? Mm-hmm. Was that kind of a tell as well? Absolutely, like absolutely. You, you knew if mm-hmm. they weren't looking you in the eye. Oh, we had all kind of body language stuff that we were really. Taught. Yeah, I mean, there's just all kind of little indicators that uh, either someone's lying or someone's. Uh, the, a big thing, too, was, like, when people would get ready to run. Like, traffic stop, we pull somebody out of the car, something's fishy, we're trying to get some information. They start looking around. Oh, no. They start looking around their surroundings, looking for escape routes. You know, maybe. I had one guy even stretch, you know. No way. Or uh, I mentioned crack the knuckles sometimes. I had a guy crack his knuckles uh, one time about 10 seconds before we got into a shit-kicking fight. So there's, and I don't know if that's consciously or subconsciously. But, um, oh, yeah, there was all kind of little things that we would look for. But, yeah, that happened to me several times when I remember I pulled this one guy out of the car, and he just starts looking around. And I'm like, all right, this motherfucker's about to run. Wow. And he did. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you catch him? No. Oh, no. my God. Little little secret. Uh, a lot of times we don't catch them, especially if it's on foot. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but uh, not to bore you with the inside police lingo. But oh, I love this. Every time you do anything... As a, as a cop, you've got to let radio know. You got to let the the nine one one operator know because they're kind of the quarterback. They're they're sending cops to this call. They're sending. So anyway, you just got to constantly let people let the radio know, and then that also lets your your colleagues, your your other cops, know what you where you're at and what you're doing. And there's okay. codes for everything. But uh, like a traffic stop was code eighteen. Code eighteen. Here's the car's description, tag number. Here's where I'm at. Blah blah blah. And then, um, what was it, 1080 was chase. So just regular 1080, if I just go 1080, 1080, it means we're in the car. I'm chasing him in my car. But if he's on foot, it's 1080 on foot. And then at the end of every call, it's usually one of two things. It's either, um, if it, most any case, most any call you go into, you have to do a report, and you have to get a case number. And that's like um, uh, code 15. So, like, if, if the end, if I go to some call, and I'm done with the call, I will say, show me 10-8. 10-8 means back in service. Okay. Code 15, meaning I took a report, I got a case number, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes, if it's a completely unfounded thing, where I'm not going to do a report, it's just complete garbage, it'll be um, uh, code 13, which is no action taken. So, after the call, 10-8, th- code 13. Okay. Meaning I'm back in service, and that was bullshit. I don't even need a case number. I'm not writing a report. Anyway, a lot of times there would be this. It would be uh, 3113, show me code 18 on a black Honda Civic, uh, Georgia plate, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, all right, copy. And then like 20 seconds later, 
Thirty one thirteen, ten eighty on foot. Oh. <laughs> White male, red shirt, blah blah blah. And then a few seconds later, thirty one thirteen, show me ten eight code thirteen. Meaning that motherfucker got away. Oh. I'm back in service, no action taken. Wow. But that was always a funny sequence to hear. You'd hear code eighteen, which yeah. is traffic stop. A few seconds later, ten eighty on foot. <laughs> Everybody shut up. All right, Dave's chasing a guy. And then about five seconds later, you hear me out of breath. 3113, show me 10813. Meaning he got away. I'm not even going to write a report about this shit. But it was so funny when it would happen in that sequence that quick. Yeah. Code 18, 1080 on foot. He's a fast runner. And back in service, no action taken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's the next one. What does it mean when people express zero emotion? We've all been around the solemn people Mm -hmm. or. You know, and introverts do too. I've done zero emotion on people. What does that mean? Hmm. I mean, just the obvious is they're uninterested. You Maybe they're not even that. paying attention. Well, um, they but, yeah, actually. But I guess people handle that differently. Yeah. You know? They're, well, here's the thing. It says in this, I'm sure that's it as well, but uh, we're hiding a part of ourselves. Mm. Like, it's your, your poker face, really. Yeah. Like, you just don't want, it's a sign of self-control it's a sign of discipline and sometimes it's even a sign of lack of trust which is so true I remember when I would run into certain family members and I would just shut down Mm -hmm. like I and my mom would be like why are you so quiet like I am an extrovert Mm -hmm. but I just I was like nope you don't get to know me yeah Yeah. you don't get to and I'm not gonna just talk for the sake of talking Mm -hmm. you know Speaking of that, I saw a YouTube video the other day. I've been watching some, like, true crime shit. Yeah. And I love, like, um, uh, interrogation room footage where, you know, they catch the killer. I love that. There's a crazy video I saw the other day where this guy who had killed some people, and he's, like, young white guy, probably mid-20s, kind of looks like a, kind of a nerd. like But, like, a... Like a comic book type guy, had long hair, looks like kind of guy that might play Dungeons and Dragons, just kind of a skinny, weird looking guy. <laughs> and they time lapsed. It was just one camera inside the interrogation room, just looking down. And he's sitting at the, you know, the typical little table. And there's two or three detectives grilling him for yeah. two hours. They they would come in and out. This guy'd come in and talk to him for a while. But the point is, they they time lapsed it, and for two hours, this guy. Barely moved. Both hands were on the table. He was sitting in a chair, kind of good posture, just like I am now. And they time-lapsed it. And over the course of two hours, you could see the detectives coming and going and moving their position and thumbing through the notebooks. But you just see all their action. But for two hours, this guy barely moves. Wow. Just stone cold, just nothing. I mean, it's impressive and insane. So what happened? I mean, I don't... I mean, I think... They, in the description, they said, ultimately, this guy was convicted of murder, but they were just talking about, like, look how stone-faced and frozen this guy is. And, you know, unless they did some trickery in the video, like, they literally just did the timeline, zoomed through it, fast-forwarded through it. The video itself, you know, over two hours took about ten minutes. But you just see, you see the detectives coming and going and coming and going and talking, standing up, sitting down, blah, blah, blah. But the whole time, this guy's just both hands on the table, just staring at him dead face, barely moves for two hours. No it's weird. That's insane. Well, I I really do like that move, but if it's, I guess it's the intention, right? Mm-hmm. If we're noticing somebody's shut down, which I, I just have spidey senses and 
I'm not a people reader. I'm not whatever, but I can, I just have been trained in this Mm -hmm. Mm self-taught. And so it's interesting when I see people shut down and stuff, I used to be like, oh, it's my job to make it better. Mm -hmm. But actually it's not. Yeah. And maybe they're just, they're just doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, Also, I've heard like, we all talk too much, even introverts at times. (laughs) And, Listening, especially with my ADHD brain, is so hard. Mm -hmm. But I've learned to just sit in the silence at times, and it's a delight. I don't have to fill all the space. Yes, yes. It's really nice. And to actually focus Mm -hmm. on when I sit down with somebody, that's the most important person in the room. Yeah. I don't want to be on my phone. That's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I understand you want to text or whatever, but really – you can't give five minutes to your neighbor yeah. or whatever. Like I, I just think, and I know if you're in a hurry or whatever, but I just, I don't know. I've been trying to work on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But what do you think this is? <clears throat> nodding up a person, nodding up mm-hmm. versus a person nodding down. What do you think the direction of a head nod would give? Like if you're nodding up, what does that mean? Is that disrespectful? It's a kind of flippant, like, disregarding someone okay if you see someone in the street that is more of an acquaintance you nod down okay if the person is someone you feel way more comfortable with and are closer friends with you nod up oh okay isn't that interesting interesting it's a sign of respect and Mm -hmm. acknowledgement okay um but also distance it says Mm -hmm. but when you nod your head up towards someone it's a sign of familiarity like let's talk but if it's a like you're walking your dog and like, hello, I, I always nod down yeah, to people because do it kind of gives distance as well. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm, I'm acknowledging you, but my dog will murder your dog. So let's keep going. Okay. Do you know how to detect a smoker? Detect a smoker? Yeah. If you're a smoker, is there any tells? Like Fidgety if you meet hands. a... Uh, we often hold a cigarette between our fingers or press it against our lips. So over time, yeah, you'll be touching your lips. If somebody touches their lips, hands near the uh, mouth, they're a smoker. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Okay. Okay. What do you think dilated pupils mean? They're on drugs. You may have wondered what's going on. Uh, no, not on drugs. I don't know. Highly dilated eyes, guys. So the big black things that just go big is a a strong emotional response. Okay. Okay. So such as fear, attraction, or maybe both. I didn't didn't realize your pupils could dilate um, without the influence of drugs or alcohol. Yeah, well, no. they when we're attracted to someone or something, mm-hmm. our pupils naturally dilate. Interesting. I didn't know that. It's a physiological <laughs> response. Sure. And, yeah, it can be a sign of subconscious desire. Okay. So that's fun. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think clasping of the hands behind your back or just back to basics, uh, hand, like holding your own hand? Like Polly Walnuts and Sopranos? Yeah. He always would hold his hands like around his navel. Yeah. And, and never in his pockets. And also behind your back when and somebody does that behind their back. Behind the back, I don't know. I know the hands out of your pockets thing is uh, sometimes that's like a prison thing. Okay. You know, you, you want your hands to be loose and available in case you need them. 
not trapped in your pockets, but uh, behind the back? I yeah, don't know. clasping behind the back. I mean, is that, I trust you? I'm not uh, intimidated by you? Nope. It indicates a person feeling bored, anxious, or even angry. Okay. Behind the back. So huh. if you see somebody doing that, they uh-huh. want to leave and or you said something annoying or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. Um, are you ready for the next one, Boo? Sure. Uh, this is a good one. Um, what about somebody that grooms somebody, like takes their, their bangs or will fix something under their eye? What does that mean? Sign of affection? Yes. Yeah. It's welcoming yeah. them into the pack. It's like yeah. what animals do. Yeah. They just, they will groom each other. Yeah. I, I w- think that's fun. I wouldn't appreciate that from anybody other than maybe you or my mom. Like, get your, get your hands off my hair. Don't yeah. touch me. Yeah. Also, you can't, no, you can't touch my beard, drunk lady. Oh, people you know how many? T- you know no how many way. people have asked to touch my beard? <laughs> really? She get the fuck away from me. No, you can't touch my beard. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Um. I have, can you tell when somebody's angry? How to spot an angry person? I mean, a lot of times it's obvious just by the their eyes or the way they hold their face. Okay. Mm-hmm. How, uh, where do you think they hold their arms if you're angry and walking? Angry and walking? Yeah. Somebody's, you see somebody walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Clench fist might be an indicator. Um, I mean, are they just swinging too exaggerated? Angry people have a tendency to hold their arms at their sides and not move them. Oh, okay. So if you see somebody. <laughs> like uh, the Seinfeld episode with, uh, what's her name? Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Yes, it's, like, it's exactly. It's like she's carrying invisible suitcases. Um, By holding our arms at our sides, we may be trying to exert a sense of control mm-hmm. or dominance over the situation. Okay. But as opposed to, okay. Except instead of swinging. Instead of swinging, which is kind of fun. Uh-huh, yeah. Hey, we're swinging, we're having fun. Okay. I know. Okay, um, when somebody fixes their hair, mm-hmm. when somebody fixes their hair, what do you think that's signaling? That it was messed up. Oh, <laughs> sweet baby angel. Uh, when someone no, somebody fixes, fixes their, their hair. Like too much? Like they constantly messing with their hair? Yeah, or they're that's not too much, just like a, a vanity? fluff. Is that a vanity thing or... Nope, they find you attractive. Oh, okay. Okay, they find me attractive. So yeah. if you find me attractive, you'll mess with your hair. Yeah, I'll do this a lot. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I guess, yeah, I've seen that. Or, uh, you know, fix the hair. And guys do it too. Uh-huh. But I don't know how bald guys do it. Yeah. Hmm, that'd be weird. <laughs> okay, so in a group, whenever someone cracks a joke and the group laughs, the per- the first person they look at is what? The person they're most what? Trying to impress? Comfortable with. Comfortable with, okay. So if you're like, you know, peacocking, having fun, the first, the person that you look at is like, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's my that's my pal. Gotcha. That's my person. I know. Okay, let's go for eyebrow clues. Uh-huh. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Okay. Eyebrows down versus eyebrows up. What do you think that is? I mean, down seems like you might be annoyed or angry. Okay. Up seems like you might be intrigued or interested, but you got me on the while ago with the up eyebrows being angry. Well, if you, when you enter a room and somebody's eyebrows go up, they're so happy to see you. Okay. If you go in and it's, they're down, they're just neutral or not that excited to see you, okay. sign of disrespect. That's something I've had to work on because mm-hmm. for years I kind of had, unintentionally, I had like resting, fuck you looking at face. <laughs> 
And I think that's just be- I think a lot of it is the way my eyebrows are naturally shaped that they kind of have a, a cur- oh. they have a a curve to them that maybe looks like I'm kind of furrowing my brow or that I'm annoyed or angry. Yeah. But I remember like working in offices environments and stuff where you know, they're just once a day somebody be like, "What's wrong? You okay? You upset?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." Would that like, bother oh, you, you a lot? Yeah, at some point you're like, "What the fuck?" Wow. Like, no. But yeah, like I've, I used to have people, coworkers, like, "You in a bad mood?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." Well, because you look like you're pissed. I'm like, wow. no, I'm not pissed, but like, I think maybe just sometimes my eye, or like when I'm thinking or something, maybe I squint and look like I'm angry. But you know what? That's interesting because I used to think that about you. Like, oh, is he mad? Really? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. But you're just probably in thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just intense. Oh, I know. You're a you're an intense man. Okay. Uh, we have, oh, the timer went off. It's all right. Okay. I have a couple more I sure, really like. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, a liar's trick. Mm-hmm. Okay. As humans, what? We have control. We have more control at the bottom of our faces. Mm-hmm. So it is easier for liars to put on a fake expression and manipulate their audience. Okay. So what this means, it's, uh, there are ways to spot sneaky liars, okay? So it's forced smiles, unnatural lip movements, and other inconsistencies with their facial language. Okay. Isn't that interesting? So if someone does that, sorry, I didn't even give you a chance to answer. Uh, They're trying to manipulate their facial muscles so you believe a certain thing. Hmm. So, yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, that's crazy. Like, what's an example of, like, manipulating facial muscles? Um, so if I'm like this, uh-huh. and I'm smiling right now, and I'm like, isn't that really great, Dave? Uh-huh. Isn't that so fun? Yeah, where you could tell We get to go to the DMV tomorrow. Like, fake Together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, like, the tone and everything, but, and you see they're happy or trying, but you can always see in the eyes as well, like, what are you doing? Because mm-hmm. they'll start talking faster. Their expressions will be like, why are you moving your lip weird? You know? So, yeah. What do you think crossing your arms means? Right in front of your body. Uh, Like, you want to be unapproachable? Don't bother me? Um, Okay, so it's your... Maybe I'm uncomfortable, like I'm on guard. Crossing your arm forces your body to engage both sides of the brain. Interesting, Interesting, right? Making it easier to focus and solve difficult problems. Okay. So if somebody's crossed like this, they're they're in deep thought. Mm-hmm. They're trying to stay alert and to better tackle complex things. Okay. I know. I know. Okay. I'll go two more. Sure. Shall we? Ooh, Shall we dance? Okay. Uh, superhero pose. Okay. Where you're holding yourself like Superman. Uh-huh. What is that? So that I'm proud, I'm proud of myself, or I'm confident. Open and confident. Uh-huh. And guess what it does in your body? It increases testosterone and inhibits more cortisol production. Okay. So it does make you feel more powerful, like with your chest puffed up and doing the Superman thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's a, and it's kind of a dominance thing. Yeah. If you want to, you know, just standing still and like creating more space. You'll notice people do that, like, oh. I will do that sometimes, but not where the fists are going directly into my hips, mm-hmm. like like this. I will do it where my wrist, I will turn them inward like this, and it kind of, and I'll catch myself, and I'm like, oh, this feels very effeminate. Wow. But sometimes it's very comfortable to kind of 
you know, do the classic, yeah. like, I'm displeased, wrist on the hips, and the hands bent upwards. Yes. You know? Like, sometimes I enjoy standing that way, and then a few seconds later, I'm like, man, this looks very <laughs> effeminate, so I better better alter this. I don't know. Okay. Last one. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when you hold your coffee cup uh, more towards your face? Like, it's closer. Like, uh, it's... You know, when people hold coffee cups and it'll be at chin level mm-hmm. and they're just kind of holding it higher and you're like, what? Or a drink at a bar. Sometimes it'll be really close to your face. Does that have to do with like an insecurity? Like I'm not comfortable, so I need a barrier between myself and the other person? Holding your coffee cup higher, yes, is more scared. Mm-hmm. I want to be reserved. And then lower is open, relaxed posture. Okay. We're friends. It's like uh, watching stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. You can always tell uh, a, a newer comic or a, a non-confident comic because uh, even if, what am I trying to say? When they take the mic out of the stand, yeah. they don't move the stand. The stand oh. They'll still stand behind the mic stand even though they're holding the mic detached from the stand. Now, a lot of comics, well, not a lot, but some comics yeah. don't hold the mic. So, obviously, they, they leave the mic in the stand and they'll stand behind it and talk. And that's, you know, that's one way of doing it. But I always hate when someone takes the mic out of the stand but doesn't move the stand out of the way. They they remain standing behind it. Yeah, you do that really well. Yeah, thinking about that, yeah, that's such that's a small thing. That's the first thing I do. Let's get this stand out, out of, the, of way the way so I have room to maneuver and work. Mm-hmm. But you can always tell, like, if a comic's nervous or, or new, they will, uh, they'll just stand behind the mic stand. Wow. And it acts as, like, a psychological barrier like a like almost a security blanket well that even goes with like the slouching and the insecurity or being really cold because you don't want to be seen it's like i don't want anything to do with this like when i watch a performance or stand up or whatever and somebody's making me uncomfortable mm -hmm. i get so awkward my Mm -hmm. shoulders go in i'm like please don't look me in the eye i avoid eye contact i hold my purse like Mm -hmm. it's weird yeah yeah there's a lot of that's interesting that so much of this translates to stand-up comedy yeah. as far as how the comic's body language is. Somebody told me a long time ago, metaphorically, in terms of like confidence on stage, mm. metaphorically, you don't literally say this, but um, you know, I'm not asking you if this is funny. I'm telling you this is funny. Well, yeah. You know, a, a newer comic who's not confident and, you know, they, again, not literally they won't ask, but... There's kind of a vibe of like, is this funny? <laughs> Where like a better comic or more experienced comic's like, motherfucker, this is funny. And if you're not laughing, that's your problem. Well, and that's your dominance, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's your superhero, almost your persona in a way. Because you do take control mm-hmm. In such a great way where it's like, okay, I know he's driving the car. This is going to be great. And there's a way to do that without coming off as arrogant or cocky. But it's just like, this is what I do. Y'all are here to watch me talk into this microphone. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to be like, is this okay? Yeah, because it makes everyone nervous. Yeah, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Okay, I just want to do one more because this made me laugh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Excessive nodding. What I think I do that sometimes. Excessive nodding. I do that sometimes just because I want the person to know that I'm engaged and I'm listening, but sometimes I go overboard with it. Mm-hmm. Excessive nodding can imply that the person has lost interest <laughs> but doesn't want to be rude. <laughs> I think we got to end on that yeah. one because that is you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll usually follow it with a, what's a, 
Uh huh. Yeah. Or I got a few. I you got, got a few. Uh, how about that? <laughs> how about that is uh, is code for boy. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he hasn't listened in five minutes. And um, no, how about that is this is boring. Oh, okay. So and you are listening. I he- I hear you. Is ironically, I'm not listening. Oh, 100 percent. I hear I do you. That too. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And how about boy. that or huh? You do a huh a lot. Sometimes yeah. I'll give you a, a no shit. <laughs> oh shit. What do you say when you literally? The person pauses, and they're waiting for your response, and you heard nothing. Mm-hmm. You heard, what do you say in that instance? Like if, if I caught myself slipping, yeah, and they noticed that yeah. I'm all, um, like, that, that's crazy. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Huh. But see, I'm very good at pretending to listen, listen, meaning, <laughs> meaning I know I'm listening enough. I, I and I think this is where I think it's all the stand up comedy. But I, I get the rhythm. Yeah. And I get the cadence. So even if I'm not listening, I'm listening enough to know that you are done with your statement and you have hit the ball to me. And now I got to hit it back with, uh huh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Like, oh. as opposed to just being completely right. off rhythm with each other, I can still dance with you verbally. Right. And not really pay attention to what we're talking about. Interesting. I, I know when to. Mm-hmm, how about that? Oh, that's great. Or even like context sometimes. Like, like I know you're complaining about it. I'm listening enough to know that you're complaining about a thing, and then I'll, you know, yeah, man, that happens sometimes. You know, that's oh true. man, that's oh, I hate when that happens. Well, and well, I that's can how tell. they get you. I can totally tell, mm-hmm. especially on the phone, uh-huh. and especially like I will catch people, and I'm like, I know you're not listening. Yeah. So I'll wait. Uh-huh. I do that with Lou all the time. And yeah. he's like, what? <laughs> and I'll do the same thing. Like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go into Instagram and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. They're going to know. And it's true because I'll yeah. just go silent. And not care. You'll be on the phone <laughs> while you're talking on the phone? See, I try not to do that. What? <laughs> Shut up. It's right there. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, anyway. So that's the body language. Th- those are the best. Those are the good ones. There's more. Uh-huh. There's like a million more, but I just wanted to kind of briefly go over body language. And that's how, great, boo. Yeah, how we could be better. That's very interesting. Very Thank useful. You. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, well, good times, boo-boo. Thank you, boo. Uh, real quick, I've got uh, been trying to incorporate uh, this feature every now and then. Obviously, we don't do it every week, but as a public service to my fellow motorist. Mm. Well, traffic school tips. Here we go. And here's one I've seen a lot this week. And this is uh, this is an old one. It's been around since the uh, invent of the automobile. But, all right, let me paint the scenario. We're on Sunset Boulevard. Okay, that's a street. Mm-hmm. But it's a bigger street where we have two or three lanes. We'll, we'll just, for simple math, we'll say we got two lanes going east and two lanes going west, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So, let's say I'm in the far right lane. And there's a car in front of me, so so I'm in the far right lane, so that means there's one lane to my left that's going in the same direction as me. We're going parallel, right? Mm-hmm. The car in front of me is slowing down to make a right-hand turn into Ralph's. Okay. Or McDonald's, or what have you. Okay. What I should do, if there's a car turning, slowing down to turn in front of me, is to just slow down with them. And slow down enough to let them make their turn and get out of my path, and then I continue forward. Right. What many people will do, Uh-oh. if there's a car in front of me slowing down to turn right, they will then swerve. You know, if I'm the driver, I'm the bad driver, right? 
There's a car in front of me turning right. Instead of slowing down, I will just swerve into the left lane and kind of go around them. Yeah, do a half around. Yeah. What happens if there's a car in the left lane driving parallel with me? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see great. this every day. Really? And it's like, hey, asshole, it's not an emergency. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you have to swerve. Now, you're driving down the road at night and a deer runs out in front of you. Of course, your instinct is to swerve into the left lane, regardless if there's someone there or not. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. But this isn't an emergency. The guy in front of you is simply turning. Yeah. Slow the fuck down and maintain your own lane. Yeah. Don't go into your neighbor's lane just because you want to get around the turning guy two seconds sooner. Yeah. I hate that. That happened to me the other day. I almost got hit because a guy came into my lane. Why? Simply because the guy in front of him was turning. Wow. Maintain your lane. Yeah. Slow down and stop if you have to. It doesn't give you the right to just... Now, if you look, if you check your surrounding, there's nobody in that left parallel lane. Sure, whatever. Why yeah, not? Yeah, I've done that. Yes. Where and I'm and like, it's okay. Very, it's, a, it's a natural instinct to do that, and I get yeah. that. But my point is, just because someone in front of you is, is slowing down to turn right doesn't give you carte blanche to just barrel into your neighbor's lane. That's true. Because what if there's someone right there, and you sideswipe them? Why? Because you were avoiding a deer or a falling tree? No, the guy in front of me slowed down for two seconds to turn. <laughs> God, that annoys the shit out of me. Oh. Same thing, let's say, same scenario, I'm in the left lane, yeah. right? And the guy in front of me is turning left instead of right. I can't just swoop over to my right to get right. around him, because what if someone's there in that lane? I like, mean. Come on. Guys, clean it up, people. Clean it up. Come on, clean it up. So, so there's a little, doesn't murder you on the highway. A little, little traffic lesson. I liked it. Just slow the fuck down. It doesn't yeah. give you the right to just immediately go into your neighbor's lane. No, it doesn't. So, Good had, job, had boo. I liked chest. it. I, I think this is healthy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. You're helping the people. I try. Okay? I do what I can. Boo, any word of mouth this week? What's going on? Oh, just succession. I'm just yeah. in. Yeah, we're in all like in Flynn. I, I, I don't know why. It's just... You know, it's what, what what's happening with me right now. What about you, Boo? Tell me everything. Uh, kind of to piggyback on last week's word of mouth for me, uh, I want to talk a little more baseball. Ooh. Uh, as we're recording this, the All-Star Game comes on tonight. I'm very excited about that. Uh, but more specifically, last week I talked about just how what a great baseball season it is and the rule changes have made the game a little faster and more exciting. But uh, I got to give props to a specific player. There's a new guy. There's a new player for the Reds, Ellie De La Cruz. This friggin' dude. Like, they call, like, Ronald Acuna is what you would call a generational talent, or Mike Trout is a generational talent, meaning once in a generation, this guy's got generational talent written all over him. Let me tell you what this son of a gun did the other day. Oh, I like it. And I know you're not a big baseball fan. No, I'm listening. Sports in general. Because this it's important a, to you. He's a young rookie. He <laughs> plays for the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. And um, Cincinnati Reds, one of my adopted teams. If the Braves aren't playing, I will often watch the Reds because my good buddy, that's his favorite team. Aww, I like you to, guys I like are to so support stupid. my friends. I mean, cute. Shout out to Ryan Singer, huge Reds fan. So, you know, he gets excited the same way, you know, I get excited about the Braves. He gets excited about the Reds. But uh, this kid's 21 years old. He's six foot five, just an insane athlete, so fast. And he's one of these, uh, what we call a five tool player. He can hit for power, meaning home runs. He can hit for average, meaning he can get hits a lot and get on base a lot. Uh, he's fast as shit. He can steal bases. 
He's great at defense, and he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a five-tool player. I love that. Five-tool player. This friggin' dude. Now, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure this hasn't happened in like 80 years. It, it may have, I, I may have read the wrong stat, but just common sense tells me this hasn't happened in a long time. This is what this dude did. I Tell me. All right. He gets a base hit, gets a single to left field, drives in a run. And, and for context, I think it was the tying run. It was later in the game. I forgot who they're playing. But this guy on second, Ellie De La Cruz comes to bat, rips a line drive single to left field. That guy on second scores. Okay? Ties the game, right? Okay. Here's what this guy does. So he's on first. All right? First pitch to the next batter. <laughs> Ellie De La Cruz still second. Catcher tries to throws the ball down there way too late. He's so fast, still second. Wow. Then, okay. before there is even a next pitch, no, he steals third. Really? And you might say, how can he do that before there's even a next pitch? Well, he's still second, and they try to tag him, and he's safe. And then you know the second baseman throws the ball back to the pitcher, and everybody's kind of standing around. Well, he notices that the third baseman is playing way off a of third base. Mm-hmm. So even before he, the pitcher makes the next pitch, he takes off for third. No way. And the, and the third baseman can't get over there in time to, to receive a throw, so he's safe at third. Whoa. So he's still second. So he gets a single. He's on first. Still second. Immediately steals third. Then, you know what this fucking guy does? No. Before there's another pitch. The same thing he did stealing third while everybody's like kind of standing around being like, holy shit, can you believe he just stole that base? He steals home. He steals second, third, and home all in the course of, I think, one or two pitches. Whoa. Like, in, the, in, in, in real time. I even know that's good. In real time, if you're yeah. watching the game live, all this goes down in, like, less than 90 seconds. Gets a hit, gets on first, steals second, steals third, steals home. I mean, that just never happens. Yeah. First of all, I can't holy. tell you the last time somebody stole home. Like, it's very rare. In the course of an entire season maybe that'll happen once or twice that somebody just randomly steals home. This guy stole home after he stole third and second. That's amazing. Seconds before. And like, what a cool move. Like, yeah. hey, I'm this fast. Yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. Wow. And if people know what I'm talking about, they might appreciate this detail. Uh, what he did, too, after he stole third, so he slides in, he's dusting himself off. Everybody's like, shit, he stole third. He baited the pitcher, meaning he took a few steps off a third, but then took his helmet off to, like, fix his hair. And, like, once the pitcher saw him take his helmet off, like, okay, he's not going anywhere. He's adjusting his uniform. He's fixing himself. As soon as he took his helmet off, the pitcher turned his back on him and started walking back towards the mound. And he puts his helmet back on, runs home. And he was was three-fourths of the way to home plate before the pitcher even realized. So by the time the pitcher realized, holy shit, he's stealing home, turns around, throws it home, he's already safe. But, like, wow. I know that that, I don't know, but I, no. I assume that it was on purpose, the whole I'm going to take my helmet off and mm-hmm. fix my hair. That was just a, a bait. He was just baiting that guy like, no, of course I'm not about to steal home. i got to fix my hair. Guy turns his back, he's gone. Wow. One of the most electrifying players in years. Probably since exciting. Probably since Ronald Acuna came on about five, six years ago. And Acuna, by the way, having an MVP season, just absolutely dominating. But this guy's on that level in terms of, Excitement. And how old is he? 21 years old. Wow. Yeah. He's only. Wow. Oh, and if that's not enough. Oh, dear. Within two weeks of him getting called up, he got called up not at the beginning of the season, a few months into the season, not long ago, maybe like a month ago. He'd only been in the big leagues for like two weeks. He hit for the cycle against the Braves. 
And the cycle is in one game, in no particular order, it can be in any order, but in one game, a hitter gets a single, he gets a double, he gets a triple, and he gets a home run. Very rare. In the course of a whole season, that might happen three or four times. Three or four players on all the teams, maybe three or four times that'll happen. This guy did it in his first two weeks in the big leagues. No way. Yeah, this guy's insane. So if you're a mild baseball fan and you need some encouragement encouragement to uh, get in there and really follow some players, check out Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I think he plays shortstop. Shortstop or third, but he's one of those guys that can play almost any position. But for the Cincinnati Reds, if you got that MLB package, uh, maybe click on some Reds games here and there and check out uh, De La Cruz because super exciting player. Oh, my gosh. It's a great baseball season. It is. I'll say this one more. I know I'm boring you with no, baseball No, you're facts. not. You're not boring. In the history I'm, of baseball. I'm proud of you for knowing In the stuff. history of baseball, there's only been a few teams to have four players mm-hmm. hit 30 home runs in a season. 30 home runs in a season is kind of the benchmark for a slugger, meaning if you're known as a slugger, just code for home run hitter. Okay. But, like, a really good home run hitter, 30 is kind of the minimum as far as, like, to be considered a power hitter or a slugger. You know, the record was now it's like 70 in a season. Of course, there's an asterisk behind that because of uh, the steroid era, Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds, all those folks. I think, yeah, I think for years it was 61 home runs in a season, Roger Maris. And then in 98, McGuire hit 70 and broke that record. And then a couple of years later, Barry Bonds hit 72. So anyway, 30 is kind of the benchmark. The record's like 72, but... My point is, in the history of baseball, there's only been a few teams to have four guys on the same team hit 30 home runs in a season. Then in 2019, the Cleveland Indians, well, now the Cleveland Guardians, they were the <laughs> first and only team to have five guys. They had five different players hit 30 home runs in one season. Well, guess what? Uh-oh. The Atlanta Braves? Yeah. They got six guys that are on pace for that. Oh, my gosh. They got six guys, maybe even seven, but – there's a chance at the end of the season the Braves could have six, maybe seven guys hit 30 home runs. And like I said, only a few teams have done four. One team has done five. We might have six or seven guys hit 30 home runs this year. Very exciting. Well. Very exciting. Listen. Uh, I'll calm down. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Thank you. And uh, listen, I get it. I mean, when I get a Bravo season mm-hmm. that's just hitting it yeah. all the way, I understand. I hear you. Oh. <laughs> Good times, boo. Anything to plug? Where can we find you on social media? KT Lowe Strandberg. On all of it. There you go. On all of it. The letter K, the letter T, L-O-W. Anything to announce, boo? You have a tour. Yeah, we got a tour. Uh, real quick before that, I'll, I'll mention oh, uh, uh, Patreon.com. Yes. Slash Dave's Kitchen. Uh, got a new video coming up this week. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to make macaroni salad. Dude. Yeah, good times. Also, as we speak, the um, the podcast version. Every month I give you two pieces of content. I give you a cooking video. Okay. And we do a podcast, food podcast. Right now, this month's guest, Katie Strandberg. Hey, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. I talk about food yeah. and how much I hate it. Yeah. Just yeah. kidding. But, uh, yeah, f- uh, there's a $5 tier and a $7 tier. The $5 tier gets you just the cooking videos. $7 gets you the video and the podcast. So, Dave's uh, patreon.com slash Dave's Kitchen if you're interested in that shit. Yes. Uh, tour dates, real quick. Let's mow through them. Uh, all of these dates will be, uh, well, I have a fantastic opener with me. Really? Young, talented, beautiful comedian. Oh, dear. Named Katie Strandberg. Oh, thank you. So, Katie will be coming Everybody with me come. on all these dates. I uh, will be. 
August 16th, Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, people who know me going to Wilmington, anyway, I won't talk about the fact that Dead Crow won't return my uh, email, so I'm playing a different venue than I normally play. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, August 17th, Columbia, South Carolina. August 18th, Charleston, South Carolina. August 19th, Savannah, Georgia. August 20th, Jacksonville, Florida. That's going to be a backyard show, private location. You'll uh, you'll get the address amongst uh, purchasing a ticket. Amongst purchasing that that isn't. I like words. No, it's good. Um, August twenty third, Tampa, Florida. August twenty fourth, Tallahassee, Florida. August twenty fifth, Panama City, Florida. That's where I used to go for spring break when I was in high school. Wow. Uh, August twenty sixth, Pensacola, Florida, and then we wrap it up August twenty seventh in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, looking further down the road, I've got uh, two shows in Cincinnati, October 7th, and I'll be in Milwaukee, October 8th, and uh, hopefully more Midwest dates coming in for October. But uh, yeah, come see Katie and I in uh, Florida, Coastal Carolinas, and Mobile, Alabama, all, all around the Gulf and Southeast. Uh, you can catch us. Those are going to be fun shows. Looking forward to it. I am so excited. Oh, guys, what a joy. All the details available at dumbdavestone.com. Almost all those dates uh, have tickets for sale as we speak. I'm still waiting on a couple people to get me a ticket link. Uh, DIY comedy. DIY comedy. Come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, looking forward to going out with you, boo. In August, we're going to have a good time. Going to have so much fun. I am pumped. Hell, yeah. Well, it's always great seeing you. It's great catching up. <laughs> catching up. It's great catching up. I haven't seen you in, uh, you know, an hour or two. I know. So this is good. It has. <laughs> but no, this is great, Boo. Thanks for uh, all the info. Oh, of course. About body language. Oh, Charlie's getting restless. Charlie's all body right. language is... What the bitch? What's going on? Um, Who are they talking to? Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. We love you so much. Okay, Bye. goes. Pitch called a strike. Throw down on a step late. Another steal for Ellie De La Cruz. That's his 14th swipe caught just twice in the show. Well, Contreras did not even have time to get up to set his feet. He had to throw it from his knees. You've got to do something special on the mound to give your catcher an opportunity to throw out a guy like De La Cruz. He takes off again. Pitch down and in. Fame throw. There's no chance. Two steals. De La Cruz had already looked a couple of times at Brian Anderson knowing that if he got a jump, he's got
lower hill. Okay, thank you.